everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have such an awesome interview today, and it's going to, I think, really, especially you ladies, blow your mind <laughs> in terms of how you can use your infradian rhythm, which is basically your menstrual cycle, to biohack your life in terms of what to eat, how to exercise, how to work. And gentlemen, this is, I think, a must listen for you as well, because it really highlights the differences between men and women. And the more that we understand our differences and work with them, rather than fight against them, the more we're in harmony with each other. So Elisa Vitti, who is the author of Women Code and In the Flow, joins me today. She is the creator of MyFlow, the number one paid period app and the first and only period tracking and cycle syncing app. She's really dedicated her life to helping women learn to work with their cycles, love their cycles, get out of things like PMS, PCOS, infertility, so on and so forth. She's a functional medicine and women's hormone experts. We'll discuss how, like I said, our infradian rhythm, which is tied to our menstrual cycle, impacts all aspects of our life. You'll learn what to eat, how to exercise, and how to work, depending on what phase of your cycle you're in. By tapping into your biological rhythm, you'll get more done with less effort, fuel your body with nutrients it needs, and enjoy the freedom that comes from living in the flow. You'll really want to check out her new book, In the Flow. I have it. I love it been devouring it and adjusting my lifestyle to my infradian rhythm and have already noticed differences. And it feels so good to be eating and exercising and working in flow with my cycle. So you can go get the book at Amazon and you can learn more about Elisa and everything she's doing at intheflow.com. And just a reminder that my husband and I are continuing to do our free guided breath work, meditation, and coaching sessions. We're going to be doing them twice a month for free. You can sign up at christinehassler.com slash free call. And now on to my interview with Elisa Vide. Alisa, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here, Christine. It's always fun to connect with you. Yeah, and I'm really, we even had a juicy conversation, just the two of us before we started. And I know that this is going to be even juicier because you have taught me so much about my period and my body and how amazing it is to be a woman. So thank you. You've really changed my perspective and my experience of my cycle. I'm so glad. I would love nothing more than to see women around the world from now on and from the burly thoughts that they have as young girls to just feel totally thrilled and empowered about being female Mm. and to know why that they should feel that way. (laughs) Yes. And we need to feel that way, especially now as so many of the masculine systems are breaking down. And we're in this incredible transformational time. It's so important for the healthy feminine to really step forward. And that's going to require a lot of us women really stepping into our empowerment and our, our magic as women, because we, we definitely can make some change. So let's start with, I think a lot of women know the term menstrual cycle, and identify with that term. Very few women, including myself, until I heard you say it, know that there's something called the infradian rhythm. We've heard of circadian rhythm, our sleep cycle, but there's also this thing called the infradian rhythm. Will you explain what this is? Yes. It's fascinating that we don't know this term, um, but also not surprising, right? Because we have a lot of confusion and misinformation about our female operating system. It's culturally devalued. And of course, from a medical fitness and nutrition point of view, it's completely left out of research, unfortunately. So that has a trickle down effect into sort of our perspective on it. But yes, I want to explain what it is. And I want to explain why I felt compelled to write this book in the flow, because I think that the question that I asked that started me on this journey is one that I think every woman should be asking. (laughs) So, all right. So the infradian rhythm is the biological rhythm that only women have in their reproductive years. We experience it in the course of our cycle, our 28 day approximate cycle, right? 
So just like the circadian rhythm we experience over the course of 24 hours, we experience the infradian rhythm over the course of approximately 28 days. Now, the circadian rhythm is something that only that affects many systems of the body that controls, you know, when you're going to have the highest rates of your blood pressure, when you're going to have bowel movements, when you're going to feel tired and have melatonin production. It, it governs a lot of the timing of certain systems of the body. The infradian rhythm actually impacts the performance or the function of six key systems of your body as a woman in your reproductive years, your brain, your metabolism, your immune system, your microbiome, your stress response system, and your reproductive system. So it goes mm. way beyond your period. And just like we know how critical it is to not disrupt the circadian rhythm, right? We all know about the blue light blocking glasses and getting to sleep on a regular schedule and all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that disrupting that causes disease short-term and long-term in the body. There is a lot of important information about disrupting the infradian rhythm that women have not been told that is making them sick. And so... I'll back into this question that I asked myself that led me down this this journey to write this book, which was, you know, I've been taking care of women at Flow Living for 20 years. And, you know, in the past, let's say five years, we've had a geometric explosion in the quantity of content available online to women about their health, their hormones, their periods. It's been, the, the last few years have been very progressive as far as promoting a positive menstrual conversation mm. online. And women have more access, right? People, people are much more connected now than ever before. So the logical result of this, right? More content plus more access should equal more healthy women. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, from my point of view, taking care of women who have hormonal issues It turns out when I was digging into the research that almost 50%, 47% of women in their reproductive years are struggling with hormone and autoimmune issues. Yep. And when you compare that to a male cohort, it's something like under 10%. Mm. So I started to ask myself, well, why is this happening, right? Why is it? the opposite, right? We have more content, more access, but we have more sick women. What, what is causing that? And so that led me to uncover two key things. One, that women are being left out of medical fitness and nutrition research. And that's really important because you're being messaged and, and marketed to in various ways about you know diets and fitness programs and biohacking approaches that are supposed to be good for you. Meanwhile, that research is only being done on men and sometimes postmenopausal women. And mm. I dug through the research and found that most of these things, if not all of them, are contraindicated in your reproductive years because they disrupt your infradian rhythm. And we can dive into that a little bit more. But then the second thing, of course, that I uncovered in my research is the infradian rhythm, this biological rhythm that's completely ignored. I mean, in fact, I've done many podcasts since the book has launched and one of which was with a male medical doctor. And when I brought up this term, he had literally never heard of it before. Wow. And I just thought that that was really telling that you've never heard of it Because it's just not something that people think is important. And that is a cultural problem, not a scientific problem, right? Mm, mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is we have different biological rhythms. We even have a biological rhythm called the ultradian rhythm, which are cycles that are shorter than a day. And so why are we only doing research on the circadian rhythm? Well, because it also happens to really mirror the hormonal pattern of men who have a 24-hour hormonal cycle. And so all the research is really supportive of that biological experience, right? But not yours. And so that fully explains the answer to my question is why are women sicker? Well, we're using self-care practices that are not good for our infrading rhythm. And we are not actually taking care of this infradian rhythm properly. And of course, how could you? You've never even heard of it before. So I wanted to write a book about 
explaining all of this to women everywhere, explaining how the infradian rhythm affects these six key systems of the body so that you can really get to know how powerful of an operating system you have from your brain to your immune system, to your metabolism, you are absolutely not the weaker sex in any Hmm. logical regard. And I outline that in extreme detail in this book so that you know for a fact why your brain is so much more powerful, why your immune system is stronger, why your metabolism is more efficient. It's important. And it's important because Christine, from a young age, and I said this during my TED talk, Young boys are taught to view their bodies as tools to master their environment, mm-hmm. whereas young girls are taught to view their bodies as unending projects to work on. Oh my gosh, just and got chills when you said that. That's can you repeat that? Young boys are taught to view their bodies as tools to master their environment, whereas young girls are taught to view their bodies as unending projects to work on. Mm-hmm. And that's important because the reason why that even has any legs is because you are deprived of just some basic facts about how your body works. And boys are not. They Mm. have a lot more fluency about their operating system and agency over biohacking, manipulating their body for whatever outcome they want. And you are deprived of a correct education and, and deprived of correct information. So you instead feel like your body is this mysterious, unpredictable, unreliable, problematic thing that you have to do battle with every day just to survive. Mm. Very different. And, and it comes down to information. And so the book sets the record straight about that just in the first few chapters. And then, of course, I didn't want to just paint a picture frame around the problem. (laughs) I wanted to provide a solution. And the solution that I created is called the cycle sinking method. And Mm. this method basically helps you support your infradian rhythm with correct diet, correct exercise, and how to really optimize your productivity your sexuality, your relationships, your even if you're a mom, how to do motherhood in a way that becomes much more sustainable. Mm. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful practice to just work with your operating system for your benefit. And for any of you who are thinking it sounds like a nice idea, but I mean, how realistic is it to like cater to my biological rhythm? I'll just put this to you which is that men have been doing this forever, (laughs) forever, right? You know, Mm -hmm. they get up early because their testosterone is peaking at 5 a.m. and it behooves them to wake up as early as they can to take advantage of that for either muscle gain or for whatever work they need to do. In fact, corporate culture is completely organized around the male hormonal biological pattern. Why do you think happy hour starts at four o'clock? Mm-hmm. because that's when men's testosterone and cortisol levels begin to drop to the point where it's easier for them to socialize than it is for them to concentrate. And that's why, for example, nootropics in the biohacking community are so popular among men because they do know they have this sort of falling off the concentration cliff in the afternoon and they have to compensate for that. And you don't, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, but our whole, uh, you know, especially corporate culture, it's been it revolves around that. And since men don't have the same monthly changes, they have more of the daily changes. It's like every day is the same. You get up early, maybe you work out, you have your staff meeting at 9am. I never, when I worked in my corporate job back in Hollywood, I just never understood why we were meeting at 9am. It just made no sense to me, especially on a Monday morning, but it's all been designed around what works best for male hormones. Well, yeah, what optimizes their productivity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's uh, one of the reasons why so many women, I think, really feel excited about the idea of being an entrepreneur to be in charge of their own schedule. But I, I do think the time is coming, especially with the work that I'm doing within corporate environments, that there's a of course, it has to become more inclusive, right? If we know that corporate culture has just been predicated on male hormonal biology, and we now agree that that's the case, we have to make it inclusive to incorporate 
women's hormonal biological reality. Otherwise, that's not fair, right? And so I think that that is coming. And I have that, you know, I go in and I train teams to how that actually works. It's so simple. It doesn't require much to change. It just requires there to be flexibility given mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, this has to be at this time, right? It has to be, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It can, it should be at the time that is optimal for the individual to produce at efficient and optimal levels, right? Which is like every Harvard business study ever. Yeah. You know, everybody has the same time in the day. What we have to do is learn how to encourage the individual to manage their energy. And men do that in one way and women do that in a, in a different way. And that's, mm. and they're both valid and they're both needed and they're both good. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And yeah. not to mention too, that, you know, outside of corporate culture, you know, it, fitness is a great example where men use this technique to their advantage. Like every professional trainer right? Who trains like top tier athletes or Olympic athletes, you better believe they train their male athletes based on their hormonal biological rhythm. Mm. Because otherwise they're going to increase the risk for injury. They're not going to gain as much lean muscle in a period of time. Like you're not going to make, you're not going to get the results, the best results in the most efficient amount of time with the least amount of effort. Right. right. If you right. don't use the biological information to your advantage. So again, this is another area where men do this just by default, right? Because again, they have access to this research. They are actively doing research on it. They then transmit this information widely amongst themselves and then they leverage it. Mm. So I'm simply saying that we have to do the same for ourselves because we have two different operating systems. And the frustration that women feel, so not only all of the symptoms, all of the unnecessary symptoms that you are experiencing, you should not be experiencing. But also this sense of frustration that you experience of like that inner critical voice of, gee, I just, what, what's wrong with me? Why can't I wake up at the same time every day? Or why can't I stick to these power morning routines? Or, you know, I don't have any willpower because I don't want to do the same workout that I said I would do. My diet is a challenge. You know, all these things that you are thinking about yourself are so fundamentally just wrong because they're mm-hmm. based on incorrect information. It, it, that frustration, that inner critical voice, all of this fighting with yourself and this confusion, it instantly can go away. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing what uh, correct information can do. It's liberating. It really is. I I've seen a difference and I've only been cycle syncing for about two months now, but I've, I've seen a difference in my energy level also just in, in my, my period itself, how it's changed. So let's get into cycle syncing. I think a lot of women don't even know the four phases of right. our cycle and what's actually going on into their body. Um, I love your app. So there's an incredible app called MyFlow that's part of Elisa's group, Flow Living. And you can, I'll link all this up in the show notes. But I love looking at where I am in the cycle and learning about it and learning how I should be exercising and eating and all these kinds of things. So take us through a little cycle journey, if you will. I would love to. (laughs) So you're right. We have four phases in our cycle and most of us really maybe know about two of them. Like we know about ovulation, mostly because we're afraid of getting pregnant or we're trying to get pregnant. Um, And we know about our bleeding phase because hello, Captain Obvious, that's very straightforward. However, that is really not the whole story. You have these four beautiful phases. They flow into each other and they are marked by a distinction in particular hormones that are present and hormonal ratios that then also trigger physical uh, actions in the body. It's pretty remarkable what happens every month from a, a particular set of hormonal ratios that stimulate multiple eggs on the ovary to start to mature to yet another set of hormones and those ratios and concentrations to signal one of those eggs to fully mature, leave the ovary, travel down the fallopian tubes and do all of that to the fact that there's another set of hormones that then causes you to grow an entire organ every month, the endometrial lining, right? This this very specialized tissue that is the substrate of life should you choose to procreate. 
you grow that every month, you know, just Mm -hmm. because you can. And then there's another set of hormones that signal for that lining to be shed and refreshed for another uh, cycle. It's a powerful process. And it has effects. These hormones have effects on your brain chemistry, your immune system, your stress response system, your metabolism. And it's really important that you appreciate that this goes well beyond just fertility and your period. But I love what you said earlier about the fact that you've been doing this for two months and you've already seen improvements in your cycle. Of course, that most women are suffering unnecessarily from PMS, from more significant period problems. I wrote about how to recover naturally from more you know, officially diagnosed menstrual disorders like fibroids and PCOS and endometriosis and other things like that in my first book, Woman Code. But the degree to which you are dis- working against your biological rhythm the infradian rhythm is the degree to which you will have symptoms, Mm. not just with your period, but with all these other areas, right? And oftentimes when I talk to women in sessions, you know, they're like, gee, I feel like I have all these symptoms that that don't add up. You know, I have like brain fog and I have um, weight issues and I have skin issues and I have all these things. And viewed through the lens of the infradian rhythm and the degree of the disruption that you're doing to it, they're all connected. There is no disconnect. And I think that that's really empowering too, because women spend so much time and money and effort chasing down different solutions for each of these symptoms as if they are completely disconnected, but they are not. Mm. It makes sense that they're not because of everything you said about the infradian rhythm, how many other systems it influences. If that's just, just think of it, if we disrupt our circadian rhythm, like jet lag, for example, think exactly. of how you feel when you're off with that. And it's like, oh, I have jet lag. And you understand why you feel awful and you're not sleeping right and your appetite's weird and your bowel movements are different. And sometimes your period can even get off. So if when we disrupt a rhythm, of course, you know, it's going to impact us. So I love that you're giving us the the blueprint to how we really move through the month. And I've heard you say in other interviews too, that even if you're not bleeding anymore, you still have an infradian rhythm, correct? Depends. Okay. So, you know, you only have access to this very special infradian rhythm from your very first menstrual period to your very last Okay. Once you are postmenopausal, your infradian rhythm is no longer active and therefore you do not need to support it in this cyclical way. Now, some women really like to continue to do that and you can, but it is not biologically necessary to Got do it. it. Right? You would Got revert it. back to your single biological rhythm life, which is the circadian rhythmic lifestyle, which children and men and any person you know, let's say postmenopausal would have. Okay, cool. Well, let's go on a little cycle journey. <laughs> Do you want to start with the menstrual cycle, day one, and move that way? Sure. Well, meaning how do we support it? Yeah. How do we support it? Like what's happening so, with our hormones and how do we support it? Yeah. I think let's start with metabolism and the stress response system and how it changes so that you can understand why you should no longer ask, what should I eat and which Mm. workout should I do? But you should start forever asking, when? When should I eat certain things? And when should I do certain workouts? Because the timing of your infradian rhythm is what you have to base this on, not the what, uh, because you're not static. So in the first half of your cycle, which is the follicular and the ovulatory phases, your metabolism is slower meaning you need less calories and you are more efficient at storing nutrients. There isn't a lot going on. You're not building that whole tissue, so you don't need as many calories. So this is a time where you'll do better with less. Mm. In the second half of your cycle, the luteal and the menstrual phases, your metabolism speeds up. In fact, in the luteal phase specifically, you need 237 more calories per day. This is researched. 237. I love that. Precisely. Okay. (laughs) And so, uh, again, I did not write a book that was like, oh, wouldn't this be fun? No, no, no. This is heavily researched Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everything is buttoned up because I wanted you to know 
that uh, biohacking for women is very, very specific and not random. And so your metabolism speeds up. You have to eat more. In fact, one of the reasons why you may struggle with weight or your metabolism in general is because you're trying to restrict calories every day in the same way. And by doing that in the luteal phase, you actually cause yourself to gain weight. Huh. That makes so much sense. So eating more will actually cause you to use fat stores more efficiently, even though that seems counterintuitive to all the social marketing conditioning you've been receiving, the science is just the science. And so you have to put that other conditioning aside and recognize that it's not true. (laughs) And so let's just leave that in the past. And the other fact, aside from the metabolic shift, is that you also, because of these hormonal ratio shifts, um, for example, in the ovulatory phase, you have a peak surge of estrogen. You have to eat specific types of foods within each of these phases. So it's not just this. So there's a calorie component, a calorie modification component, but then there's also a, uh, a food selection component of which foods help to both optimize the production of adequate levels of hormones for each phase, but also to help optimize the elimination, the efficient elimination of those hormones in each phase. So for example, during ovulation, as I mentioned, there's this peak surge in ovulation. A lot of women struggle with PMS-like symptoms during ovulation. They break out on their chin. They get a little bloated. They feel a little foggy. They could have some breast tenderness. Some women have a condition called middle schmerz where they have a lot of ovarian pain during ovulation. All of these are signs of excess estrogen. This what the chart that's in chapter four, which is the it's called Never Diet Again. Isn't that just mm, so wonderful? Love that. <laughs> because it's true, you should never diet again. There's a chart that tells you based on the phases which types of foods to select to help you really metabolize this peak surge of estrogen most efficiently. So it turns out during ovulation, the optimal diet for you at this time is one that is very plant forward, very raw mm. in its preparation right? And that changes drastically when we enter the luteal phase, right? Not just from a calorie point of view, but also from the types of foods that we need to select. We need to go much more complex carbohydrate-based. We need to go much more cooked, right? And so it's really interesting. You're going to be choosing things like sweet root vegetables, whole grains, legumes, certain proteins, heavier fats, all of these things will help you in the luteal phase, keep your blood sugar stable. Mm. And that will help you optimize not only your hormones, but the elimination of them with all the cruciferous vegetables. You're, you're also changing which types of vegetables you're eating to help flush out the excess estrogen and also the progesterone at that time. It's a really amazing process to just shift the amount of calories that you're eating and which foods you're prioritizing in each week, um, Mm. each phase so that you're really getting the most out of that phase, both from a health point of view, but also because it then fuels the other systems of your body, like your brain, your immune system, your stress response system. The more you can support your infradian rhythm dietarily, the better all of the systems of your body will be. Mm, and you have these specific lists in the book of what? Oh, there's a chart in every when. chapter. There's, so in the in chapter four, there's a food chart. In chapter five, there's the workout chart. Let's talk a little bit about fitness too. Yes. So the stress response system also fluctuates. And, and we're, you're thinking, Geely, so why are we talking about stress and fitness? Well, in, for women, it is a really important piece and also is important for men. And they're already, they already have the lock on which workouts to do when. So I'm not going to go into that for you today. But for you... <laughs> Your resting cortisol levels are lower in the follicular and the ovulatory phase, and they are higher in the luteal and menstrual phases. Now, that's important because in the first half of your cycle, you can and should do as much cardio and high-intensity interval training as you can. And we're talking follicular and ovulation because it's kind of confusing because we're taught 
your day of your period is day one, but really the start of your cycle isn't that. That's the end of your cycle, isn't it? I wrote a whole little side sidebar about that in the book. You know, you have to keep in mind that male doctors decided that that would be the easiest way for them to keep track of your cycle, <laughs> and that that didn't include your experience of it. And you're absolutely right. The experience of your cycle is that the bleeding is the end. Mm. Right. So, you know, we can hold these two, let's say, tracking methods concurrently. Right. So if you want to track your ovulation, you know, yes, you can count the first day of your bleed as day one. You can continue to do that if you'd like forever, even while cycle syncing. But I want you to consider that there's also this infradian effect that's taking place where the first half of your cycle is your follicular and your ovulatory phase, but we're not talking about counting. So they're two different things and they can exist simultaneously. It's totally right. fine. Yeah. And, and so in this first half, that's when we want to be doing the, the run, the, the hit, hit class. Yes. Yeah. You know, spin class. Mm-hmm. Any of that stuff, you want to do that. And I, I go into great detail in chapter five in the in the fitness chart, which workouts you should select at that time. It's also listed in the app for you and you can actually schedule them in the app itself. And also we we have a, a cycle syncing membership that sends you workout videos based on your cycle phases. So we really take the guesswork out of it for you. And then in the second half, of your cycle. Like I said, your resting cortisol levels are higher. The research conclusively shows if you do high intensity interval training after ovulation, you turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting. Mm. And this is important because how many women complain about the fact that they're really dedicated, they really stick to their workout plan. They go to the gym every day or almost every day, like they're supposed to, or they do their home at home workout. And they're doing that hit workout all the time, week after week. And at the end of the month, they feel like they've made no progress. Yep. And that is because you've actually made some progress during the follicular and the ovulatory phases, but then you completely negate it and remove it in the luteal and menstrual phase. And instead of understanding that you've just disrupted your metabolism by not honoring your infradian cycle, you blame your period for your weight issues. Mm. Again, just based on your misunderstanding around the facts that you come by completely honestly because it's being withheld from you. So you don't have to blame your PMS. Your PMS is a hormonal imbalance that will go away when you start using the cycle thinking method. What you want to do is shift your workouts. You want to do strength training, of course, without a cardio component. So that could be squats up against the wall or holding plank or doing Pilates Walking is good anytime during the second half of the cycle. Uh, there are a whole list of things that you can do, but you're not going to do like a dance booty class and you're not going to do a hit class, right? Yep, yep. And, or go for a run or take a heavy spin class. That's right. You're not going to yep. go for a run, but you can you can definitely go for walks. Yep. And what's great about this is I'm somebody who was once obese because of my hormone issues. I was 210 pounds and I was able to lose 60 pounds and keep it off for 20 years because I understood how this process works. Mm. And it's really empowering to know that it's just not something I have to spend my life focusing on. Because oftentimes that's what I see is that, again, when you are diverted from using your amazing, unique life force energy to create things in the world, and you're diverted away from that, but you're diverted toward thinking your body is an unending project that you have to work on constantly, you you put all of that powerful life force energy into refining your weight, yeah. refining your fitness, that is, not a, that is not enough for you to focus on, right? Yeah. It's a good thing to take care of yourself. It's a good thing to be healthy. I fully support that. But you are here as a force of nature to be an agent of change because you are female. And I would like to liberate you from this oppression of constantly doing battle with your body so that you can start to uh, 
build the things that this world needs to become a better place. I love that. I love that because I feel too many women, we are battling our body and think that there's something wrong with it rather than really understanding it and empowering her to do the, the amazing things that she can do. And I think it's awesome that we have this infradian rhythm that we can sink into and know, and I know you're going to get to this, which and I'm excited for you to talk about it and know even how to manage our work, like what to do when, because not only do food and exercise shift throughout our cycle, but also our, our brain and our focus and what we should be working on changes too, which I think is incredible. It's amazing, actually. In 1996, Dr. Catherine Woolley in, at Northwestern University discovered that the female brain changes structurally by 25% over the course of the month. Mm. This is important because it, what that means is that different regions of your brain are more active at certain times. And it's exciting because you can use those to your advantage to be more productive and more efficient, right? So it isn't about working harder. It's about working smarter. Again, keep in mind, men are scheduling meetings when that's more efficient for them. And they're scheduling happy hour when that's the best use of their time not yeah. the opposite, right? I'm suggesting that you do the same, but it's going to look not like a daily pattern. It's going to look like a monthly pattern. So again, I'll take, uh, well, no, I always talk about ovulation, but I'll take the luteal phase because I think women really think that this is the worst of the month mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because it's got PMS attached to it. But again, PMS is simply the hormonal imbalance of the ratio between estrogen and progesterone. When you start to support your infradian rhythm and eat according to the cycle sinking method, that is going to be corrected and you are not going to have these symptoms be an, a normal occurrence. Instead, they're going to be a sign of, oops, I may have done something this month to disrupt my infradian rhythm. Let me get back in the flow. Yep right? It's not like, oh yeah, this is just what it is. You, you, never, you should never accept that rhetoric of the curse. It's just not real. It's a complete made up propaganda nonsense. Nonsense. I mean, mm. I, can't, I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> mm. The fact that you are experiencing it is real, but it is not what you are designed to experience. You are designed you don't have, to feel yeah. good. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have to be to a victim it. of your hormones. They're yeah. not a curse. Yeah. Right. But it also yeah. speaks to the power of belief, right? If you've, mm-hmm. been ta- if you've been taught to believe that it's going to be bad, and then when it is bad, what do you do? You do nothing. It's a perfect yeah. trap, right? But if you now understand that it's not supposed to be that way, and then you see that PMS symptom, you're going to be all over that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what should I do? And the app will tell you actually, based on which specific PMS symptom you're having, what that means and what kinds of foods you might want to start incorporating to help short-term. And of course, the long-term solution is always cycle syncing. Are there any PMS symptoms that are healthy, normal, like, you know, anything that we notice in terms of changes? Like for me, I get tired, I get a little more emotional, but I'm not, you know, in bed, I don't have incredible pain. Are there any things that, that are just kind of normal? I would would push you to look at the fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. Where is that? You know, you'd have to really investigate how big is that fatigue? So for example, for me, when I enter the luteal phase and I want to circle back to the brain and productivity for a minute, when I switch to the luteal phase, there is no fatigue. There's a shift in my energetic stance. Mm. Like meaning I'm more inwardly uh, oriented. That makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not tired. And if I were tired, I would be able to quickly backtrack and say, you know, gee, I probably scheduled too many things Mm. (laughs) in the past couple of weeks and I've burned myself out a little bit or gee, maybe I didn't do the right things at the right times in my cycle and I'm feeling it now. Any symptom can, there is always something that you did to disrupt your, your biochemistry that creates a symptom. It is, that, that is just a fact. And mm. you have to learn to, to become our own detectives and take responsibility because then of course you can immediately do something about it. Right. Yep. So yeah, I would say your fatigue and your moodiness is still, and you've only been cycle singing for two months. So I would mm-hmm. give it another month or two, but those are symptoms. Yep. That makes sense. I've seen it 
less. And I would definitely say on the first, especially day two of my period, I have less energy, you know, and I think you say in, in your app that napping is a sport in that, in that cycle. Cause that's just yeah. what your body is doing. Well, oftentimes what the reason why I say that too, is because when you have lived a life of trying to fit yourself uh, to fit, to squeeze this massive month-long infradian dynamic rhythm into a 24-hour circadian pattern, it causes a lot of stress on the body, mm-hmm. causes a lot of physical wear and tear. And the first few months that you begin applying the cycle syncing method, you will really notice your fatigue and mm. you need to do more resting. But mm-hmm. Once you have recovered from the years of burnout caused by ignoring your infrading rhythm, you don't, you're not tired during your period. I mean, this, this is what I'm saying. Nature did not design you to be delicate. Mm. You have the chromosomal makeup to 3D print human beings. (laughs) Nature whether you do that or not, in order for that to have been the case, you have to have a better brain wired for both compassion and leadership and empathy and memory and recall. You have to have a stronger immune system. You have to have a more efficient metabolism so you don't starve as quickly during famine. You have to have a more easily modulated stress response. It's it's just the way nature designed you. So you are designed to be so efficient that you feel very steady throughout the month. The bigger swings that you are feeling are the direct result of ignoring the infradian rhythm for lots of years. Yep. And that has a significant effect on everything about you. I hope, ladies, you're really taking this in, in terms of the truth with a capital T and letting go of those voices that are coming up from conditioned beliefs of, oh, but you don't understand. Like I have PCOS or I have this or I have that. That's, you don't have to live this way. And I thank you for being an advocate for this, that not just an advocate, but a teacher and (laughs) a wise woman in terms of, no, this is actually something very, very natural that you were designed to do. And it's actually designed to make you feel better, not worse. You just have to know how to navigate it. Yeah. I mean, it's my pleasure to pioneer this female biohacking conversation. I think that it's long overdue. You know, and let me let me dive into yeah. that brain change and productivity piece because I don't want to leave anybody hanging. <laughs> um, so, in the luteal phase, we have the uh, presence of estrogen, of course, that's thickening the lining of the uterus. But we also have the introduction of progesterone for the first time in the cycle, which holds the lining of the uterus in place in case there is an implantation. And this progesterone has a really unique effect on your brain function. It it makes you very interested in completing things, in managing the details of things, in getting things done. It's also interesting when we look at what I talk about in the book as the creation matrix, right? So this process by which anything comes to existence, right? That there are these four stages of that creation process, right? The sort of planting of the seeds of an idea to speaking them into reality to then doing the things that they need to do, that you need to do to make those ideas come to fruition and then to celebrating and and reaping the benefits of your work, right? Those are the four phases of creation, or you can think about it as an analogy to growing a plant in your garden, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. That creation matrix, of course, maps exactly onto your infradian rhythm. And again, because you have the chromosomal piece about being the one that's um, encoded to create life, whether or not you choose to is the other is another is, you know, is irrelevant, that you also have this, the infrading rhythm is that 
rhythm that that represents that creation matrix in your biological form. Mm -hmm. And so the luteal phase is the longest phase of the cycle, 10 to 12 days, because when you're bringing something into fruition, what takes the longest time? Getting an idea, (laughs) talking about your idea, (laughs) or making your idea come to life? Uh, The last one. (laughs) That's right. And so you need that special energy And that special brain chemistry impact of this hormonal experience of the luteal phase to help you every month bring things to life, right? It's so exciting to know that nature has wired you to create Mm -hmm. all the time efficiently. And that every month you have the opportunity to take stock of, you know, how things are going and, and not, you do not, you should not as a woman wait for the new year's resolution business. You should do that every bleed, right? Because you have to look back and say, how did this month go with what I wanted to bring to fruition? And similarly with the ovulatory phase, you know, you are, your brain is hyper-stimulated with the most amount of estrogen that you're going to be exposed to the whole month. So it stimulates the verbal and social centers of your brain. So if you know these things in a follicular and menstrual have different impacts on the brain, you can do anything at any time. That has been recently researched, which I find really interesting that of all the things that women need research being done on their biology about, it is not to prove that we are cognitively capable constantly, but now we know it for a fact and great. What we need is research on our conditions and, you know, other things, but so be it the gender bias and research is real. (laughs) You, you're going to know that you can do anything at any time, of course. However, Wouldn't it be great if you could organize your calendar such that you're doing more of your social and socializing, let's say during ovulation, when that's going to feel easier for you, more pleasurable, right? Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be great if you could do, you could carve out as much time for your deep work during the luteal phase when that is going to feel pleasurable for you. By reducing the friction on your biological systems, you get more done with less stress and less effort Mm. and you enjoy what you're doing more. So I actually built in this book because I was someone who really struggled with time management and I was following all of the you know, the big, the the well-known name brands, Franklin Covey, Tony Robbins, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. time management systems, and just really, really not being able to utilize them. So I built the world's first time management system for women with an active infradian rhythm that incorporates both the circadian rhythm in your daily planning and the infradian rhythm in your daily planning. I love that. And that's in chapter six of the book. So you can use that as well. And it's really exciting to start to see how much easier your life can be when you get in the flow of your infradian rhythm, which is of course Mm. why I called the book In the Flow. (laughs) And as much as you can plan your schedule around it. And if there's some, I know that you were on part of your book tour during your luteal phase. And so you just planned... I think you said you just planned more rest time. You just knew yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Just worked with it. In fact, I was in LA and started my period. So, you know, it's totally fine. You can, again, because I have decades of, uh, or 16 years of living in, according to my infradian rhythm, I can absorb the impact of a little bit disruption much better. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I've been, mm-hmm. I, because I cater to this, at least 80% of the time. So mm-hmm. when that occasionally has to be slightly less, like it can only cater to it 50% of the time, it's the same thing with food, right? You know, you if you're eating healthfully 80 to 90% of the time, the 10 to 20% of the time that you go off the beaten path or you have sugar or you have alcohol because it's a holiday or whatever, you can recover from that much more easily. And the mm-hmm. same is true with your schedule. You can absolutely plan to do things that are not in line with that phase, but uh, you'll see in the planner, you'll, you'll have to increase some of the self-care that is appropriate for that phase yep. if you are a little bit out of sync. Yep. Yep. All right, everybody, you got to get the book to, to get your plan down because I know that you're all going to want to do this because it's so empowering and it's fun. It's fun to be living 
in rhythm with our natural rhythm. It's, it's really, really empowering. I think it's fun because too, it's for me, it's been the fastest way that I've experienced. And I, you know, I've done all sorts of workshops and therapeutic experiences. It's been the fastest way for me as a female to heal my feminine energy and, and recover from this patriarchal wounding. Like there's nothing like there's, it's one thing to talk about it, but there's, it's another thing to be about it. Right. Like, okay. You don't like the gender inequalities or the gender bias or the patriarchy or whatever, or corporate culture. Okay, great. Great. Now, how are you going to live that works for you? And, and also how do you quickly recondition yourself out of the constant productivity model that is uh, in the 24, baked into that 24 hour productivity cycle. Well, you plan your schedule according to your infrading rhythm and doing that is going to be a little confronting at first, triggering even, but then you're going to experience that not only is everything not falling apart, but actually you're thriving in a way that you were told you would not be able to. So extremely reorienting at these very deep levels very quickly. And that's the other thing I like about it. It's very elegant and efficient, not only at taking care of your body, but healing your mind and your heart as a woman. Mm. Let's dive a little deeper into reconditioning our beliefs and getting out of some of the the wounding that's been done by the patriarchy and shift into talking about motherhood. I'd love your insight on how we can feel even more empowered as mothers? So I was not surprised, but delighted to be able to apply this once I became a mother myself Mm. to make the, you know, there's a grind to motherhood. Anybody who has kids will tell you there's a lot of Mm -hmm. administrative things, repetitive things that you have to do, you know, and um, in it gave me a sense of agency over actually I set the tone of what we're doing when, and me doing that creates a culture within my home that breeds positivity and joy because it's trickling down from me. Right. So for example, instead of saying yes to every play date or family gathering, I tend to do them during the first half of my cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And I say no to them in the second half and nobody notices, but I know that I'm doing it in a timing that really sparks joy to quote Marie Kondo. And that has a trickle down effect to my entire family. And that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Right. Or even using the luteal phase as a time where, you know, doing the things that might feel like a, a drudgery administrative tasks or other things at certain times feel very effortless or even fun to do during the luteal phase. Like for example, anytime I want to like do a clothing, seasonal clothing pack up or inventory about what other things she might need for the next season, you know, she's constantly growing, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I do that during the luteal phase because it's just easier to do then Mm. uh, for me. And so I organize these different activities. And again, in chapter nine of the book, when I talk about reframing motherhood, um, there's a chart of all these different activities based on the phase so that you can start to experiment with them in your own Mm. experience of parenting as a woman, so that you can start to feel more empowered about choosing things at a time that works for you and finding that the inverse of what you've been told is really the truth, which is that you should not put yourself last. You should not sacrifice what is ideal for you. You actually, by organizing things in a timing that is in Freudian, just really bring a lot of positivity and organization and calmness to your home. Mm. And listen, ladies, you can do this over time. You don't have to do it like all right away. percent. I encourage that. In fact, there's sort of a a roadmap to sort of onboarding yourself to the cycle thinking method in the book. And I usually encourage you to start with something that feels the easiest for you. That could be fitness, like changing your workout schedule, could be the food piece. And then you give it a month with just one thing and then start to layer each of the other levels of awareness and the practice over time. I mean, this is 
this is how you take care of yourself for the four decades approximately that you have a cycle and you have an active and free rhythm. So there's no rush and you don't have to be perfect at it. In fact, you can do this just even, you know, 50% of the time and you're going to see results. It's pretty remarkable how responsive your body is to just a little bit of support of that infrading rhythm. And of course, that makes sense, right? You know, you do okay if you get five hours of sleep, you do a little bit better if you get six, you do even better if you get seven. And wow, if you get eight, you feel like a million bucks, right? Right, so right. Your bo- it's the same thing. Your body will give you returns based on the investment, right? but you'll always get a return, which is nice. You don't have to get it perfectly correct. And perfectionism is another beautiful thing that you'll recover from by embracing your infrading rhythm. Because Mm -hmm. when I look at perfectionism and when I was sort of investigating that for the purposes of this book and for myself as a recovering perfectionist, really what perfectionism, in my opinion, the root cause of that from a biological rhythmic point of view is the fact that, again, without any you know, you have this huge blind spot about your infrading rhythm, right? So you think that perfect or optimal is circadian. Mm-hmm. And so here you are trying to force yourself to feel the same every day. So what you're really saying here when you want to be perfect is that you want to be the same every day and that you judge yourself and criticize yourself and think negatively about yourself when you feel differently, but you believe you should perform, do, feel the same as the day before. Right. And this perfectionism is, again, just sort of this psychological effect of just, again, not knowing about your infrading rhythm. But once you do, uh, that goes away. Yeah. Uh, have you found in your research that by cycle syncing, menopause shifts. Maybe it's delayed, maybe it's easier. What what impacts does cycle syncing have on menopause? So there's perimenopause and then there's menopause. Menopause is your last menstrual period and you only know about that after 12 months have passed and you haven't had another bleed. Mm-hmm. But yes, the degree to which you support your infrading, and we know this because the nurses study that was done in the in the 80s at uh, Brigham and Women's Hospital showed that the nurses who worked the graveyard shift who were totally in circadian disruption for decades not only did they suffer the most health problems when you know in real time but they also were at in massive increased risk of the diseases of inflammation after they stopped that disruption, right? So after their careers were over. So that's heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and dementia. The biocycle study that the NIH put out, you know, 15 years ago, talked about the fact that unaddressed PMS in the reproductive years increases the risk of the big disease of inflammation postmenopausally. So we know that if you, the degree to which you support your infradian rhythm in your reproductive years will help set you up not only for a, a less dramatic perimenopause journey, right? But will keep you healthier uh, and promote your health in your postmenopausal decades. Mm. So you're investing in your health bank account, both short-term and long-term. I love that. So empowering. You're so inspiring. And again, I thank you for being a pioneer of this. Everybody go and get the book in the flow. Flow is spelled F. L-O, no W. And then you can also go to Flow Living. I love the quiz that you have there to find out your, your V sign type. And the app that I love using is My Flow. That's the period app that I use that I'm obsessed with because it tells me what to do and what to work on. And even, you know, how I may be feeling in terms of attraction and love, which is great. It's like I said, it's fun to actually work with your body versus the fight against it. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's, it's my pleasure. Any final words or final thoughts, especially during this time when so many women may be dealing with a little more stress, a little more uncertainty, maybe their cycles may be getting off a little bit. Any just guidance that you want to give people during this time? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's two separate thoughts there. The first is 
you know, during this very stressful period of time, you know, without proper support, you are going to experience more PMS or more disruption to your cycle. So please reach out to Flow Living if you need some support with that or find us on our social channels where we're putting out very helpful content that can help you navigate why this is happening and what you should be doing about it. But the thought that I would want to end with here is that really the way out is in, mm-hmm. in Freudian, into your body and into your own flow. And so if you're done with stress, if you're done with perfectionism, if you're done with fighting with your body, if you're done with feeling burnt out, if you're done with mom guilt, if you're done with being part of the 60% of women who are sexually unsatisfied, if you're done with being part of the 50% of women who are hormonally imbalanced, the way out of that is in. And I really invite you to get to know about your female operating system and start supporting it properly with the cycle syncing method. It's a revolutionary way to take care of yourself based on your actual biochemistry. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And in a world that's full of a lot of uncertainty right now, this is something that you can have certainty and control dominion over. So empower yourself with this. Thank you so much for being here today and for providing us with all this amazing information. Thanks for having me, Christine.